Welcome, everyone, to the new Mean Lean episode of The Objectivist. And The Vegan. And Steven, it's, it's good to be back. Oh, yes. It's, you know, I feel a severe void in my life when you're not around. And I, as much as I love talking to the fascinating people I've been talking to, it's nice to get back to being, you know, the normal objectivist and the vegan. Well, you've made us a legitimate interview show, too, <laughs> which is really exciting. Uh, hopefully I can participate on some of that, too. But, um, well, well, just to get started, uh, everyone, please make sure that you are finding us on iTunes and liking us. Or Actually, I don't know if you like on iTunes. You don't. You rate, subscribe, and review. And you know what? Please give us a review because uh, it's just a way to get more people listening to this show. And if you love it, we don't ask too much from you guys. It's, it's really the least you can do. And, and if you don't do it soon, Steve and I are going to start getting mad. I well, like I said, it only takes, I timed it. It takes about 30 seconds if you already have an iTunes account. It takes like a minute if you don't. Yeah. So no. And we know you all have iTunes accounts, you know, even if you don't use them anymore, even if you have your old, you know, no doubt recordings on there from iTunes, if you still buy <laughs> music on iTunes, which mm-hmm. I don't even know anybody who still buys music Any on Any losers iTunes. who do that still. Yeah, all the cool kids use Spotify now. It's true, it's true. Um, Okay, Stephen, so what's new in Stephen World? Well, as always, you can go to my website, stephencroggy.com, and you'll find everything on there. Um, I'll announce this on a future show, but there's going to be a few little teeny changes. But this one, for the podcast, we shouldn't say what changes we're doing. It's not going to be drastic. Mm -hmm. But um, instead of doing every other week with me alone, we're going to do shorter episodes now, still action-packed. But we'll be doing, when Jack and I are together, it'll be half-hour episodes that'll come out every single week. Yeah, hopefully a little more consistent. Uh, and I do apologize to everyone that I've been absent lately. Oh, so, and then uh, so have I. I mean, for the past few weeks, yeah. I was finishing up in a show. So that's why there was nothing for a few weeks. I mean, as much as you all missed us, we missed you even more. Exactly. Right, and we have some exciting opportunities uh, down the line. So stay with us. And bear with us when we're, we aren't able to be here because as much as we love this podcast, we do have other things going on in our life that sometimes makes it impossible for us to record these as much as we'd like to. It's true. Okay, Stephen. So what is our topic for today? Okay, our first topic back. As everyone knows, since we're recording this on, what is it, the 8th of March, mm-hmm. last Sunday, the Oscar telecast happened. Yeah, the Academy Awards. Exactly. And it got me thinking not about the specific award, that, that specific awards themselves, you know, from last Sunday, but in general, do the Academy Awards still, and other award shows in proxy, do they still mean a lot to our culture and what can they provide and what are the detriments of having that sort of thing? So what do you, first of all, I'm going to ask you, what do you think about the concept of an award show? Well, I think our commander-in-chief himself said <laughs> on Monday, I don't know this, this tweet verbatim, but he talked about how these were the lowest rating, rated Oscars ever and it was a big failure, and no one watches them, no one cares. I and think he was talking about his last State of the Union address, which uh, I think was the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but anyways, um, you know, as much as I disagree with the guy, uh, I wouldn't call it, <laughs> I watched a little bit of it, wouldn't call it a failure, but it's not that interesting. It's extremely long. And redundant. And redundant, and it's just like the things that win, or it's just always pretty underwhelming. So if you ask me, Stephen, they don't really do too much for me. Um, I'm happy for the winners, I guess, but otherwise, uh, you, you can really, I could just go about my Sunday 
and not even know they were on and probably my life would be just as good without them. And it's funny that, you know, as much of a pop culture person as I am, I didn't even watch it because I've just become so incensed with how much of a popularity contest it's become. We're not rewarding talent. We're not rewarding people who... We're rewarding the popular consensus now. Well, yeah, that's... I mean... In a way it is, but in a way it's st- we're still not getting like Star Wars and Avengers 3 or something like that in the best pictures. There's still like there's still some quality movies in there. Uh, there were a handful that were nominated for best picture that I saw and liked. Well, the best picture has always been almost strictly drama. Very rarely will you get comedies yeah. there to begin with. Yeah, I mean I would say there's not too much really high quality comedy uh, movies coming out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, lately. even when there were high quality comedy yeah, movies they, coming they were, out, they, they still were kind were, of ignored. You're and right. animated movies aren't included in the same best picture. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the kind of bigger things for me, and I mean, I know it's nice to just be able to give out more awards, but one of the bigger things is just like, why do uh, female actresses and male actors, like, why are their performances like, in separate categories. That's true. It's it's well, these award shows always like to gender things. Like especially look at the Grammys and see how many different categories there are. There's best rock, best traditional rock, yeah. best pop, best traditional pop. There's so many divisions that I think it just makes it easy. It well, first of all, it makes for more awards since instead of having a best yeah. best blanket actor actress or best blanket supporting, you have four instead, so you can give trophies to four different people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also mostly um, for uh, best actor and supporting, it's you know the size of the role, obviously. Yeah. But in terms of, it's just like, another bad thing is with these award shows, they don't innovate. They've been the same way for so long. And the shows themselves are go so long over and over and over, where they're at about four hours now to get through a handful of awards. Oh, yeah. Seeing a bunch they of don't even show all of them. I mean, I know, especially in the Grammys. Oh yeah, there's like half of the awards they they give out beforehand. Well, that's been always been you know something that's stuck in my craw. Is all the classical awards are given out, never given on the actual telecast mm-hmm. of the Grammys. It's always some spe- even like jazz albums are always done off in some other nether world. Okay, so in terms of innovation, Stephen, what do you have any innovations in mind that you would like to see for these things? Just to streamline it. You know, it's used, shorter, basically. Yeah, we don't have the stars anymore to sustain a four-hour telecast, where you could have, you know, like they used to have, where you would have Catherine Hepburn and all of them on stage. Now, I don't feel that people have the attention span for four hours of an award show anymore, because for the most part, you're waiting so long in between awards to begin with, and then in that four hours, they pretend like they still don't have time enough to include everyone in the in memoriam, mm-hmm. which is another huge thing, and partly the reason why I stopped watching these sort of shows, is that they would rather throw the time somewhere else. And it just seems that there's always something that keeps going and going, and there's more time between awards. And it's become less about the awards, and it's become more about just this bloated overabundance of show that people flock to. And that's why, I mean, I hate to agree with Donald Trump, but there's a reason why I think that the people watching it have gone down is because people just don't want to sit through four hours of awards for anything anymore. Well, I mean, uh, in in defense of 
the Oscars. I think the Super Bowl was down. Oh, yeah. I think just television. People don't watch as much television. Well, it's true. Lately, which I is, don't. Which is a good thing, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's it's just like, I, I guess I really don't care about them. I'm not the right person to ask because I don't think I ever would have cared about them in particular. Um, you, you, you seem to kind of evoke the golden the golden age of you know cinema where there were these amazing stars and movies and you know the academy awards were just as amazing or something yeah like and you that. had more of that rivalry between them so you could say oh my like um when betty davis and joan crawford were both nominated for whatever happened to baby jane you were waiting for you know the volcano to explode or waiting, and it would be all over the newspapers the next day because there was that relation. Stars don't really have that relationship anymore, where it used to be more like a club where they all either loved each other or hated each other. Now everybody's just so bland and cordial that there is no tension in the awards anymore because, first of all, it's too long to sustain any sort of tension to begin with, and secondly, because our attention span in terms of the number of channels that we have now, because there used to be, you know, four or five channels, if the Academy Awards were on, you know, almost 100% of your audience would be probably on the award shows. But now, because of YouTube and Hulu and Netflix yeah. and other things on the internet and other TV, 500 TV channels, it's become less of a priority, less of a tradition, and more of just like, okay, we have to do this every single year. And it's really showing its age. Um, I just want to take a quick moment to uh, remind everyone. Actually, I don't even know if we've said this on the podcast yet, but we're actually doing this episode live. That's uh, true, we're yeah. broadcasting it over Facebook. So if any viewers on Facebook disagree or uh, really agree or have any comments to add, we would love to hear them uh, and have your feedback. But, but anyways, um, you know, getting more towards these, you, know, you, you didn't care at all about, did you see any of the movies that I were did. up this year? I did, and I felt that I had. I'm not a huge modern moviegoer, but I did mm -hmm. see two movies. Which ones? I saw The Post, which and two movies that I really, really liked because they evoked that what I was talking about earlier, the old Hollywood. I saw The Post with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, which I think is one of the best movies, especially one of the best true, I mean, historical mm -hmm. movies to begin with, and. Um, Oh, God. Phantom Thread. Oh, you saw Phantom final, Thread. Which I loved. Which, which is, did you like more? The Post. Because, I, you know, I'm kind of a political buff. Mm -hmm. I love movies like All the President's Men that they made about Watergate. Mm -hmm. Frost Nixon, which was about the Frost Nixon interviews. Yeah, I love movies like that. Mm -hmm. And this one was in that general vein of Hollywood, and Steven Spielberg directed it, doing history well and doing history authentically mm -hmm. with two actors that can pretty much we've established now do anything Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks we've seen them change in between 8,000 and then well written same thing with the Daniel Day-Lewis movie it's so intricate like every I was um, I was talking to somebody I said it's like clothing porn because you see hmm. a lot of the yeah. times you see the threads going through very very close-ups of the threads going through the cloth mm -hmm. and the folding of the layers on gowns and things like that so it was a very sensual movie, not because there were a lot of sex scenes, but because it was, it evoked that kind of, you know, lush, you know, the sounds were the sounds of the needle going through the cloth and him creating these dresses, because it's about a dressmaker for people who don't know. And it evokes the time, you know, the 50s it takes place. And same thing with The Post. The Post was authentic in the time that it was portraying. Uh-huh. 
Uh, yeah, but it sounds to me, Stephen, like the two that you saw that were up, you enjoyed, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really know if, in a way, I mean, when I looked back at all the other winners in the past years, they're usually like movies that are not like these like big budget blockbusters, of course. Oh, but, yeah. But they're off, like I remember Argo won and Slumdog Millionaire and like Crash. And they're these kind of like mediocre ones. Well, um, that's an interesting point because um, on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, he talked about, the, they did a whole episode on the Oscars in general. And they said that, you know, look at the past, say, 25 years mm-hmm. of Best Picture. Which one of these are you going to remember? Are you going to remember any of them to a certain point? Are they going to have the staying power of um, Citizen Kane, which mm-hmm. never, I, I think it was nominated for one Oscar, and I think one for Best Screenplay or something. But Stephen, I saw the movie and I thought it was a little boring. Yeah. Well, that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> but in terms of um, the newer movies that are coming out, are we going to remember them like we, not we as in you, but we as a culture remember sure. Citizen Kane or Gone with the Wind uh-huh. or uh, even you know any of the other movies, dramatic movies. In recent memory, Stephen, what is the best Academy you know award winning you know best picture that's won in the last twenty years? That's actually a good opinion? question. I don't really know a lot of them. I can't remember a lot of them. The one I you know there might be one better than this. I guess I you know don't know too many of them either. I actually could probably list a, a fair amount, but I would say I really like The Departed uh, a lot. I thought that one was like you know, a very memorable movie and, you know, there, were, there was a lot of good about it. I know it's it's not exactly like the coolest movie anymore, but but I did think that one deserved it. Okay, I um, pulled this up on my phone to have, the, to look it up. Oh, no, I don't want the 1920s. Yeah, there They're was both- like The King's Speech recently, which I, I didn't care about seeing. Uh, last year it was Moonlight, which That's I, right, yeah. I also didn't see. Didn't see that. Year before was Spotlight. I don't even know Spotlight, what, which what I, that, that was is. about the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, pedophilic priests in Boston. Oh, that's right. Um, Birdman was the year before. Oh wow, I didn't see Birdman. I didn't see that either. one either. Yeah, <laughs> like any of these. The right do, guys to talk do you about think this? Birdman is going to be talked about in the same breath as Gone with the Wind? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Twelve Years a Slave. Which was uh, a message. The message pictures, I call uh-huh. them, are the ones who usually win. That's like, true. Argo was a message. Yeah, Argo the artist, was dumb. The artist I was didn't see that 2011. One. Was that good, Stephen? It I haven't seen. Like right it's another. Alley. Just it was. That was. Wow! Listen to us. We, we haven't seen like the well, last. I mean, I've seen a lot of the other ones that didn't win. That's sure. The thing yeah. is that I usually, you know, the artist. There are a few things that win best picture, and it's the message pictures, like I just said, um, the concept pictures. So like the artist was. Silent, I think, for the most part. Wasn't it a silent movie? I think so. Yeah, I believe so. And that, so gimmicks win. Um, pretty actresses going ugly win. Mm. So when you dress up someone beautiful, like um, it didn't win this year, but um, Margot Robbie is Ta- I, Tanya Harding. She kind oh, of okay. she kind of uh, dowdied herself up. And that's something that wins quite a hurt locker. I think that was, actress may have won. I can't remember, but I think she may have won. I don't think so. No, she got beaten, I know. Oh, because the only thing that won from that movie, which I was hit, this was one of the few things I liked about this, is Allison Janney won it for playing her mother. Okay, I, I, I know that too. One, I, I, I did. I thought, I, I don't know any. Yeah, No Country for Old Men, message picture. The Departed was one of the few that is doesn't really isn't really a message picture or an unglamorous one or a concept one. So that was yeah, I think, it's a good one. The last one that I see on here, Crash was kind of you know another one of the gimmick things. Million Dollar Baby, was um. A beautiful actress Didn't going ugly. 
It was, um, what's her, I forget what her name was. Um, Lord of the Rings actually won in 2003. Yeah, that's funny. It was the last one, right? Yeah. That I, was weird. And that I think one the was last, the best looking one. through all this, I think the last musical to win was 2002, Chicago. Well, that's not that long ago, Steve. No. There's not that many musicals out. No, but that's the last time it won for Best Picture. Um, Beautiful Mind is a message picture. Gladiator is another, you know, turning Russell Crowe into an, you know, ugly, sweaty gladiator. And then the list goes on and on. Okay, Stephen. So if you were asked to host host the uh, Academy Awards, first question is, would you say yes? Oh, well, you know, I'm sure you get quite a, quite a bit of dough for doing that. So I would... Sure. Well, what I would, would your price be then? Oh, I don't know what the going rate is. I'd have to see. I'd see what the going rate is, and then you know, I'd adjust say, for inflation. I'd say, what did you guys give Jimmy Kimmel? Actually, no. I think I, I did read about this. Actually, now now that I remember, I think Jimmy Kimmel hosted it. Might have hosted it last year. Also, I think he got paid like fifteen thousand oh. dollars, which he was saying was, you know, not as much as you would think. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know for the honor. But fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, it sounds like a pretty good paycheck. For, yeah, for four hours of work, really. Yeah, but all, well, yeah, and but you, you know, know the rehearsal and everything yeah. like that. Uh, I would want a little more though, since I'm basically the face of the Academy Awards. That well, that's year. the thing is that, it, and that's another one of the things that the hosting the Academy Awards can either be a career, you know, it, it could shoot your career up, or it could, you know, destroy you to not destroy you, but bring you down, as we've seen, you know, in past years of people who have just bombed outright. Yeah. That's and haven't true. done very, like um, David Letterman hosted him a oh, long, really? long time ago, and his failing was so spectacular that he never got asked to do it again, <laughs> and it became a running joke in the business, mm-hmm. you know, of him hosting. I think it was the Academy Awards or the, or the Emmys or one of those. I can't remember which, but it might have been the Emmys. I know when James Franco hosted it, I think people really hated it. Well, he doesn't have the energy to sustain. Well, it I mean, all. yeah, I, I think the consensus <laughs> was he did a really bad job. Okay, but you're hosting it, Stephen. They're giving you $40,000, which is not oh. so bad. But also, it's not as much as a lot of these actors make. It's not even a tenth of what they make in these movies. But anyways, um, what are you doing to bring more viewers and to make it fresh, entertaining, and exciting? What are you doing? Well, I think I heard somebody say this once. is just to cut out all the ancillary awards and focus on the big ones and don't make people compete. I feel that, you know, the one person winning is kind of old hat, you know, to have mm. six people up for an award. Why don't we honor, honor them all? Because you're judging which performance was better in films where you're saying, okay, these are the pinnacle. So what makes one, what are cr- the criteria for making one better over the other? So to make it kind of like an awards dinner to a certain extent and put these people up, say, not making it a competition, just saying these people won, these people will be honored, they all get statues, they all get acclaim, and that's it. Well, how do, you, how do you like this idea? A ranking process, I agree we would have fewer award categories, and we'd have, you know, maybe five or ten, and then there would be a ranking process, and then the host and the other announcers would go up and, like, reveal the 10th place one oh. and the ninth place one and you'd get this really exciting like you know that's an interesting thing yeah and then people can make bets on it and stuff like that yeah that would be interesting yeah to kind of like greyhound racing or horse racing yeah where you something have, like that yeah where you you would still win you know even if you were 10 
Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't win cash. If you, I mean, obviously, it's prestige when mm-hmm. you win the trophy. The trophy itself, I mean, holds a certain amount of money mm-hmm. just in terms of how much it's worth and how much it can. You know, having um, Meryl Streep Academy Award winner is better on a resume than that Meryl Streep true. four time. You or, think she still is updating her resume? Oh yeah, every every. <laughs> Every act, I mean, not resume. Even Meryl Streep? For her, I wouldn't say resume. Maybe oh, no, I was asking release. if she's, yeah. like, typing up a oh, resume. No. Well, so I know she's not up. typing anything <laughs> because at a certain point. But, I mean, in terms of press releases, yeah, they'll say, you know, four-time Academy Award winner. Like when she hosts a dinner or something, they have a little biography yeah, no, in the program. So they're true. always updating, and they're always, you know, actors, no matter how, how famous they get, are always, you know, really just, you know, plodding through and working and, going on to the next project and actors very rarely you know sit in the spotlight and say okay I'm done with this it's just kind of they have that workman's mentality mhm mhm yeah definitely um, and um well, since we have a few minutes left of this segment I want to bring up one thing that I think I I brought up passingly before about one of the reasons why I don't watch the academy awards anymore and that's because of the in memoriam section which has become oh, yeah, you think the worst competition now. in the world because you have people that are in there. I mean, they're dead, and they had contributions to the movies. But then, especially people who are, let's say, over the age of 85 and haven't been a part of the culture for long enough for a certain generation to forget about them. And that one of the things that happened this time was um, Rosemarie, who died. She was 94, 95. She was on the Dick Van Dyke show. She was acting in movies and TV since she was, like, five or six years old. She was the first person in the world to sing on film in a short that opened the jazz singer, the first sound picture mm-hmm. in the world. And she was left out of the Academy Awards in memoriam, despite the fact that she had a documentary come out this year that I think was maybe nominated or nominated next year for Best Documentary. So there was no reason so to So she did get recognition, Stephen. Well, I mean, she didn't, but she died this year. or So she didn't get the recognition of having that moment where especially for someone who contributed as much as she did to the history of what those, you know, for people, if it weren't for people like her, there might not be an Academy Awards to begin with. Because if it weren't were for people like her, people might never have started speaking on film. Yeah, well, I mean, she was part of, you know, that's a big milestone in the world, the jazz singer, the first sound picture. And it's history, and that's one thing that we're losing a lot, not only in award shows, but in the culture, is just the history of, What's you know what came before, and the reason, like I said, why we have these um, award shows is because of people like that who innovated, who worked out all the roughage. So now we can have beautiful you know digital pictures and digital movies and have everything look seamless. You had these pioneers trying out, trying to figure out how to make a movie. Like there's a moment in um, the first Marx Brothers movie, The Coconuts, where they had only they didn't have boom mics. Boom mics weren't invented yet. So they just had stand mics that they would put like... Oh, yeah, they'd hide them in plants and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but um, you would get a lot of ambient noise. So there's one uh-huh. point where Groucho and Chico were looking at a map, and the map they found out was too loud because it was on regular paper. <laughs> and So they had to soak the map in water. <laughs> so if you look at it, you can see one of the... Steve Stoliar, who we had on this, interviewed on our show here, he said in his book, he said that, you know, if you look at the paper... The paper doesn't have a quality that paper should have because it was dunked in water because it was making too much noise mm-hmm. for the stand mics to pick up. So it's, people don't even think, you know, you look at a Marx Brothers movie, that, especially that one, the first one that was made in 
28, I think. You say, oh, look how primitive that is. It's very stagey. You know, they're not moving around. The camera doesn't move because the camera probably physically couldn't move mm-hmm. because you couldn't move with the microphone with it. So there are people now that are see, they see only the end result. They don't see the experimentation that created the necess- necessity to have, you know, a movie award show and movies in general. Okay, Stephen, one last thing I want to say before we wrap up this topic. One question I have for you. It's a little off topic. You're a Disney buff, mm-hmm. a huge Disney buff. You're familiar with Aladdin, right? Oh, yeah. So this uh, ambient noise microphone talk reminded me of a scene in, in Aladdin. Oh, I know movie. what you're going to say. You're gonna yeah, talk- so I wanted to hear your analysis of this because I think there's a scene where You'll you'll probably know better, but Jasmine, Princess Jasmine's on some sort of balcony, and oh, yeah. Yeah, Aladdin's flying away on a magic carpet or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the balcony is on the pa- they're on the balcony in the palace right after the famous you know a whole new world magic carpet uh-huh. ride. Yeah, yeah. And they're talking, and her tiger attacks, not really attacks, but kind of just you know barks at um, Aladdin. And supposedly, what you know the internet urban mythers say is that he says, "Good kitty, now fuck off." Something like that. Wow. But listening to it, and I went, you know, what a nerd I am. I went back and found one of the shooting scripts for it. And if you listen closely with the script, it's easy how you could see or how people with more reactionary mind would say, oh, that's a bad word. But it's written as, good kitty, now scoot off. Scoot off. Yeah, or something Uh like that. Huh, it's I, not think that's a, I think that's a cover-up, Stephen. Well, I mean, for that, I mean, there are far more um, actually tangible things that you can look at in terms of seeing that were slipped into Disney movies. Like The Rescuers, there's a scene where um, they're flying. Well, the whole point is that the little mice, they use a bird for an, air, for an airplane, and they're going through the streets of Manhattan, and there are windows in the background. And in the original one, somebody in one of the windows put you know, a picture of a naked woman in there. And it stayed, obviously, and then it got to the VHS era. Nobody thought to take it out. And then finally for DVDs, it got taken out. But you can see stills. And another one um, is on the cover of The Little Mermaid, the original poster for The Little Mermaid. Do you know this one? Yeah. On the poster of The Little Mermaid. I know. You can see an honest-to-God, you know, like, you know, vein-caked penis on the front of the original Little Mermaid poster and original VHSs, which I have. And, I mean... If you look at it, it's beyond any benefit of any doubt that that's what it is. There's so, no, there's no. It, I mean, I mean, with the with the Aladdin and Jasmine back and forth, you can make some sort of effort to say, oh, maybe yes, maybe no. But you know, the penis on the cover. The how mermaid. do you justify this? You, you're a, actually, I'm just looking at your backpack right now, Stephen. And here, give me the backpack so we can show oh, yeah, uh, right. our live viewers. So I'm looking at Stephen's backpack, and it has all of these. Uh, it doesn't have a penis super on villains. It. From no, but Ursula from uh, a Little Mermaid. Little yeah. Mermaid is on there. So you're still in love with this stuff that's trying to corrupt the kids, the children. Oh, I think you know for the most part it's not trying to corrupt. It's mostly just what they call, they call in the business Easter eggs. Yeah, they'll put things in the perverse Easter. So do you think Walt Disney was a pervert? Well, it's one of those things that we create now. I mean, because he didn't. All this stuff happened after he was long dead. He died in the in '66. Aladdin was made in 92, Little Mermaid was made in 88, and even The Rescuers was made after he died in Mm -hmm. 72 or 73. So it's mostly just, you know, it's like that myth of it looks like a munchkin hang themselves in The Wizard of Oz. Mm. That it's just, it's not. It's just a giant bird that they had in the background. But people will create 
things. And like I said, you know, the, the cover of The Little Mermaid and The Rescuer is, you know, it's tangible. You can see it. You mean, nobody doctored it up. But, you know, some of them, it's just one of those things that it gives people something to look for. And it gives, you know, Disney people who are creating these sometimes saccharine, you know, moral pictures to say, oh, I'm just going to put this in here and see if anybody notices. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, and it's not being devious and saying, well, I'm going to corrupt people by putting this here. It's just saying, you know, it's for the animators. Because in the original Rescuers, you couldn't see it but with the naked eye. Like, you, you could only see it with the process of pausing, which, you know, took years and years after the 70s to create that. <laughs> the technology of pausing. Yeah, of having, <laughs> or the technology of having a home video where you could stop mm-hmm. and pause something. And, I mean, the Little Mermaid poster, I think it was just on the VHS, so it was just, and it's, if you didn't look, if you didn't know, you wouldn't be able to. It just took some person sitting there and saying, hey, that kind of looks like... I mean, I think uh, we can post a picture of it on our Facebook page and see... If, if, if we won't get flagged. Oh uh, No, trust me, that one won't get fat. It's cartoon to begin with. But I think it's interesting to see... And it's part of the history of Disney. It's part of one of those fun... They always come out with those books, the best things to look for in movies. So I think um, it's all part of the lore of movies, but sadly the Academy Awards isn't about lore and about history it's about four hours of people you don't care about winning awards that you could care less about that's yeah, crap now <laughs> alright Steven so let's hear uh, this week's recommendation uh, from you you got oh, one that's a good, good I'll question I'll go first I'll go first um, one recommendation I have and it's kind of on topic with uh, the movie talk is uh, there's a web series called On Cinema at the Cinema. Oh, I know that one. Oh, you know it? Yeah. Do you like it, Stephen? I haven't watched a lot. I've just kind of read about it and looked, you know, just vaguely about it. But I haven't delved in. But I've heard from people it's great. Well, I've seen every episode. I think it's one of the funniest things. Um, They're really short, 10-minute episodes. I think it's hosted on Adult Swim. Uh, It's the comedians Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington. And they're playing two movie buffs uh, who are reviewing movies and... I, you just have to kind of watch a few episodes to really get the idea, but they're always giving these just, like, random movies that are coming out, five bags of popcorn, and they love every <laughs> single one. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then in the meantime, there's a lot of, like, background drama with uh, especially the, the host, Tim, who kind of is always going through these different crazy phases and stuff. Uh, but actually, each year, they host an Oscar special, huh? um, and it's, like, the length of the Oscars, and it's... <laughs> I, I watched it this year. It wasn't the best one, but but it's 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 really funny stuff. Uh, I really recommend checking out On Cinema at the Cinema. So you said you've seen it before, Stephen, perhaps? Or? Yeah, a long time ago. But since you brought up something on Adult Swim, I'm going to shelve my other one that I had and come up with something on Adult Swim that I think more people... I think it's over now. I don't think they make new ones. But it's something... It's on DVD. And it's... Adult Swim is great at innovating and making these really cool comedic shows that are around like 15 minutes long Mm -hmm. and are just you know so yeah that's their format the holy trilogy to me is i'll recommend all three is uh aqua teen hunger force squid billies and check it out with dr steve brule okay yeah that that's the same uh tim heidecker yeah john c riley the producer of yeah he's from like the tim and eric awesome great job show which i actually don't like as much but steve brule i mean it's a yeah that's very funny it's a shame that um that John C. Riley hasn't been, because it's a tour de force character. I mean, mm-hmm. he's totally enveloped in this, you know, crazy scientist-like creature who has like a cable access show. Mm-hmm. And how it's it's hard to discuss. I mean, it's hard to just go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere now. Mm-hmm. So go watch it. It's amazing. 
So I figured I'd match your Adult Swim with an Adult Swim. So we'll All go right. with our, our, our combined uh, recommendation this week is just watch Adult yeah, Swim. Yeah, maybe they should give us a uh, <laughs> little bit of money. Actually, I wonder, I don't know if On Cinema actually airs on the channel. I can't tell. I always just watch it online. I think it does. It does, yeah. I mean, it's probably at like midnight. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that's the <laughs> idea. It's it's the Cartoon Network after, after, after hours. Dark. Yeah. All right, Stephen. Well, it was a treat to be back this oh, week. Oh, yes. Uh, I can't wait to explore the other topics that oh, we have yeah. in store for uh, our listeners and viewers uh, to those oh, yes, who are watching right. on Facebook right and, now. And um, to end this episode, after we sign off, we're going to play a special clip that I decided. Jack had nothing to do with this, but it involves the Academy Awards. Because one thing that the Academy Awards are good at are giving each year a Lifetime Achievement Award. So included... And as a bonus, uh, Objectivist and the Vegan Easter Egg at the end of this one. <laughs> I hope it's not one of these Disney no, Easter not, eggs. No, it's not. But it's um, Groucho Marx getting his Lifetime Achievement Award. And one of the four people that he thanks for the Achievement Award is Margaret Dumont. Uh-huh. So we'll include that at the end. And that'll I'll play the whole thing because it's just brilliant. So this has been the latest uh, award-winning episode of The Objectivist. And The Vegan. And we look forward, and hopefully, let us know how you like the format of the half an hour episodes, but I think um, I think you'll love it. And, we'll, and we will be here every single week to connect with all of you. So goodbye for now. In the year 1886, a very ambitious and determined lady named Minnie Schoenberg gave birth to the first of five boys. His name was Leonard. And he was followed by Arthur and Julius and Herbert and finally Milton. And because her brother, Al Sheehan, was in show business as half of the famous team of Gallagher and Sheehan, she felt that her sons deserved the same fate. So four of the boys went along with her wishes. And along the way, they changed their names and they changed the world of comedy. They were as revolutionary in their approach to humor as a man named Karl Marx was in his approach to philosophy and politics. And spending a day with them at the races or a night at the opera, 87 minutes at the circus or 78 minutes waiting for room service or a night in Casablanca, you can count the minutes that they were on the screen, but you cannot count the laps. Although the world has paid tribute to them for over 45 years with its love and its laughter and its devotion, tonight the Academy, through the Board of Governors, is proud to pay this tribute to Groucho Marx and the Marx Brothers by presenting an honorary award to them for their brilliance and lasting contribution to the art of motion pictures. those who voted for me to give this award. I wish that Harpo and Chico could be here to share with me this great honor. I wish Margaret Dumont could be here, too. She was a great straight woman for me, even though she never understood any of my jokes. 
She used to say, Julie, what are they laughing at? <laughs> but most of all, I want to thank my mother. Because without her, we never would have been anything. And last of all, I'd like to thank Aaron Fleming, who makes my life worth living, and who understands all my jokes. <laughs>